Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast with Steve Gordon. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gordon, and today I'm really excited to be talking with Scott Reeve. Scott is known as America's legal coach. He's the official Zig Ziglar small business lawyer. He's a Ziglar legacy certified trainer. He's got over 20 years of experience as an attorney. And for the last two decades, he's been helping business owners and entrepreneurs, coaches and service providers to really shatterproof their businesses uh, so that they can go out and succeed in business and in the professional world. And he's a firm believer that seeking legal advice doesn't have to be intimidating or expensive if we really approach law the same way we approach medicine, where we've got a lawyer who sort of acts as our primary care doctor instead of uh, you know, an ER doc that com- comes in when you've got trauma. Um, and so um, I'm excited, Scott, to, to have you here. Welcome to the Unstoppable CEO. Thank you very much for having me, Steve. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, it's going to be fun. So just before we dive into to what you're doing, I'd love for you to expand on your background. How did you get to this stage? You've been doing this 20 years. I mean, you, and you've got an impressive set of credentials. How'd you get to this stage of your career? Well, it's, it's been quite a journey. It really started uh, back in the early 90s when I got out of uh, college with a marketing degree. Uh, really excited about a marketing career and then found that there weren't any marketing jobs. So I started selling phone systems and uh, as the aftermarket rep for one of the major telecom companies. Uh, there were a lot of them back then. And they, uh, they decided to breach my contract. And I didn't realize I'd made some mistakes when we negotiated it. And there was nothing I could do. So I decided then that I wanted to make sure I didn't uh, end up with that kind of a, a deal again where I didn't know what I was doing in a legal situation. So I did what everyone would do, right? I went to law school. Uh, so I spent three years at the University of Oklahoma College of Law. Uh, came out with a law degree and then went to work. Um, like most lawyers do, I'm billing by the hour. Uh, some of it was enjoyable. Some of it was really boring. Um, some of it I was helping people. Some of it I, I felt like I was just, it was kind of a, a, a drudge. And so eventually, uh, I've been doing this 22 years. I've had this firm 14. Eventually, I started my own firm uh, and tried to start doing things my own way. I still ended up building people by the hour. I was helping more people because I was able to pick who I worked with and what we did for them. But we still had a problem in that our clients were only calling us when their proverbial house was on fire. And so they would call us, say, I'm in trouble, Scott, could you help us? We'd help them, so we would litigate whatever their problem was. We would win. They would spend way more money than they wanted to spend. At the end, they were not happy, uh, even though we won. And then they wouldn't call us again, and they'd make a mistake, and then it would start over. And so we really had to try to figure out what, why, why aren't they calling us? Because most of these things could be avoided with just a simple phone call, maybe an email and a document review. And what we decided was that they weren't calling because of the way traditional billing works. You know, Lawyers bill by the hour, and it's not just the hour. We take it all back down to the tenth of an hour, six minutes. And so every interaction with a lawyer is going to be $50, $60 at least. And so as a a consumer of legal services, you just see money flying out of your pocket. So after we kind of figured out what the problem was, then I had to figure out a solution. And everything else I was buying was on a subscription basis, right? I mean, almost everything you buy now 
you sign up and you start paying monthly. But there wasn't that really for legal work. So I ended up uh, finding a business coach to help me take my idea and my vision for how we could help small business owners and create what we now call the access plan. And that took us, I worked with them about 18 months on that specific project. Once we created it, then we had to learn how to market it and then how to sell it because traditionally lawyers don't really do that, the sales part of it. They just kind of wait for the, wait for someone to come in and then if you have good credentials, they hire you. And so this was totally different because we were having to kind of create a market for something that didn't exist and then sell people on this idea that you need a lawyer all the time, not just when you're in trouble. And so that's kind of been the journey that all started. Uh, that process started in 2012. Um, and now we've got it down pretty well to where it's not just me anymore. We have other people involved in delivering the service. We're starting to learn how to scale it so that we can then take it out uh, in a much broader way so we can help more people. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it's so interesting the different ways that professionals are, are finding now to get out of that hourly billing trap. Um, and, you know, I, I've always felt like my first business, that that's the way we build. And I've always felt like that um, the minute you go into that situation where you're billing by the hour, uh, there's this instant conflict with the client because they don't want, they're, they're like thinking, okay, he's billing me, you know, at the 10th of the hour, of an hour. And, uh, you know, and, and so did it really take him that long to do that thing? Right. So there's the, it, it creates this doubt in the relationship, right. Up front, which when you're trying to give somebody advice and get them to follow through on your advice is really kind of counterproductive. And, uh, and sure. so it's, yeah, it's interesting to see the, um, all the different ideas that are coming out. So how did you, you explained a little bit about how you thought, well, maybe this would be the, the way to go. What were some of the challenges you ran into? I mean, did, did your clients, you know, your existing clients embrace the idea or did they think, Oh, this is crazy. A, a few of them embraced it and a few of them still have it. Um, and we really kind of had to build it with new clients. I, I was actually looking yesterday through a list, of, a long list of past clients and going through the very beginnings of this. And um, a lot of the clients that were involved early in this are no longer part of the program. Uh, we do have a few that have been in it six years, uh, but a few of them uh, got in early because of the relationship with me and then decided for one reason or another, it wasn't a great fit for them. And so they don't, they aren't in the program anymore. And then we, I think as I got better at providing the service, now we have people that have been in it three, four years. Uh, some people pay you know, the whole year in advance because they like it so much. So the biggest challenge I've had is being able to, is, is delivering the service in a way that's very uh, responsive when I, I only have so many hours in a day. Yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit about the, those changes that you had to make. That you had to make because I know that for the people who are listening, they're sitting here thinking, "Oh, well, you know, I can maybe I could apply that in, in my own business." But the mistake I think that's made a lot of times when um, when service professionals 
look to transition out of hourly billing into something else is that they think, well, I'm just going to do the same things I was doing, but now I, you know, like in your case, you, you know, now I'm going to build them on, uh, on a subscription basis. Um, you know, that can almost turn into a, almost like a retainer. And again, that that's got all kinds of, of challenges. So how did you approach redesigning your service? What does it look like now, but it's maybe different from what it was before? Yeah. And there's been lots of different versions of it. The, uh, the key and it's really not any different for other businesses. The key is, is, is just stacking value on value on value, right? So that eventually you have so much value in what you're offering that it far exceeds whatever investment you're asking your customer to make. And so we started putting, coming up with the things that we felt like small business owners would find are valuable. You know, one of the things that's in our plans is that everyone gets unlimited access to me and my team by phone, email, and text because the access is important. They need, that's, that's the game changer. So we added that in there. I mean, there's, you know, that's, that's worth several thousand dollars a year, at least, uh, to be able to have on-demand contact with your legal team. The next thing we added, and it was, uh, was the formation of legal entities, because the other uh, place that we found small business owners were really having difficulty was that they weren't doing that correctly. Uh, there's so many sources now um, online, and I guess even in some of the big box stores where you can find forms to start a, a corporation or a limited liability company, but they, they kind of only take you so far, and you have to know how to answer the questions that they're, they're telling you to fill in the blanks with. And, and so you end up getting these LLCs and corporations that were kind of halfway done, but they were relying upon them to be fully done. And it would be like having the foundation of your house only halfway done and then framing it, closing it in and living in it. It just eventually is going to fall, fall down. And so by putting that into the plan as an included service, that added great value. Uh, we also have contract reviews included in the plan, so you're no longer having to sign contracts you know, in, this, in a vacuum. For example, we have a client out of uh, Miami who's in the fitness world, and he had a, a fitness modeling contract come across his desk, uh, and he was about to sign it. And then he remembered, oh, wait, I have an access client now. I can send that to Scott's team. He sent it in. They re we reviewed it, sent him back the contract memo, and he read that and said, I'm not, and didn't sign it because by not signing it, he saved himself $20,000. He would have signed it. He had no clue uh, what was in that contract. But by throwing that off on us, he was able to not make that mistake. And so when we built the plan, those are some examples of things that we put in it. Another example is that every client can have an hour, uh, hour a year of a strategic planning with with our team. So if you're a solopreneur and you're trying to figure out how to grow your business, you're you can talk to yourself about your strategic plan. You can, uh, but we can walk you through our, our planning process to help you um, take that next step for the next year. So you don't end up stuck. And so that's something that, that we've thrown in to the plans to make sure that we're helping small businesses because our, you know, my mission in life is to help small businesses grow profits that will last. So that's where I call myself a legal coach because we'll help you grow your business. If you have a marketing problem, I'll help you with that. 
but we want to make sure that you don't grow something that's just going to crumble or is subject to attack uh, from from outside people that are that are trying to prey on your business. It's such a litigation heavy society right now, and so that's kind of how we built it. Was with we uh, you have a menu of things that are in the plan, and and this is the the price. And then over time, we took a few things in, took a few things out with different feedback from the clients, um, and then also looking at kind of the workload and came up with some different ways of selling it. Right now, uh, we basically have one plan that has everything in it, and then all the, the pricing is based on your gross sales. So everyone has access to the same benefits. If you're selling $3 million of your widgets or service, you're going to need more legal support than the company doing 300000 And so that's how we've, at this point, uh, divided it up. Instead of having you choose, you know, plan number one, plan number two, number three, or number four. It's all the same benefits. It's just you're going to use a lot more of it if you're, you know, if you're really taking off. Sure, yeah. So as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm trying to deconstruct the – you know, some of the, the thinking and you, you, you tell me if this is accurate. So as I'm listening to the things that you've included, they are not only things that, that a business owner would need on a, on a regular basis, you know, so you're actually solving this recurring problem for them, which, um, you know, which justifies them being on subscription. But I would imagine you're also doing things that, don't take you a tremendous amount of time, but if you do them well, you solve so many problems for the business down the line that you're not having to go do the heavy lifting of, of uh, you know, unwinding bad agreements or fixing problems in litigation and all that. Exactly. And so once we created that and then I performed the work for, you know, for, I don't know, the first two or three years, it was basically me doing everything. And then, uh, that got to be a little too much. So then I had to come up with a system for adding what I call preferred providers that were people that were, that saw things like I did that could make that, that had time, uh, had some time span that they could spend working on my client stuff. And so then we, we set up systems to where that certain projects would be routed to them and they would produce work that would come back to us for review so we could turn things around faster you know, and it just comes down to, it's just like any other business. Uh, and this is something that a lot of business owners forget that the, the secret to business is charging more for your product or service than it costs to produce it. And so as long as I can pay other legal professionals and paralegal professionals uh, a fair rate uh, and still make a profit on it, I'm fine with that. And that's, that's what we've done is we've built a model now that's scalable so we have in-house lawyers that you know are part of our team every day, and then we have uh, providers that are kind of loosely part of our team that they've been with us for several years, but they're not employees. They work um, on a per-project basis, but it's made a very fluid situation. And then you add technology onto that with uh, everything that's in available on the cloud, from you know our support ticket service to where every question or review goes into the support ticket service, and then is just routed to the right provider, those types of things that are available to all entrepreneurs. We're not using legal, it's not legal software. It's just the software that's available to everybody and just customizing it for what we do. So I couldn't find anyone that was 
doing exactly what I'm doing. I mean, the, the fastest way to, to grow a business is to find someone that's already doing it and copy what they're doing. I really, I tried really hard to do that. There just wasn't anyone doing it this way. Uh, there, there are other law firms that offer services that are like you said, more like a retainer. They're kind of, you're buying block of, maybe a block of time from them. So you're kind of pre-buying it at a discount. And that isn't what I want to do. And then there's some doing it at a real high level where you know, if, you're, if the client can afford $4,000 a month, they can be on this system. Well, that's great, except then I'm leaving out this huge market that needs my help. Uh, and so we, this is where we ended up, is to where we can help people from startup to, you know, we have clients doing you know, seven, eight figures. Yeah, it's um, interesting. The first time I ran across a model like this was actually another law firm um, here in our local area, and uh, and he was niched in into employment law, um, and he was at that higher end. And you know, at the time, I had a bigger in my first business. We were bigger. We needed some of that sometimes, but not not to that that extent. Um, but it worked really well, and it was in, and it was the first time that that the thought got planted. Um, our own business it fits this model and I've just come across an accountant who is, is following the model. So it's, it's interesting to see the evolution there. Um, and, and you're certainly leading, leading the way with it. Um, I want to take a quick break and I want to come back and I want to talk specifically now, uh, when we come back about some of the, the legal challenges that business owners run into and some things they need to think about and and uh, account for if they don't have someone like you um, so that they know when they're when they're bumping into walls so we'll be right back with more from scott reed hi this is steve i hope you're enjoying this interview we've got more to come in a minute but what i'd love for you to do right now is rate this podcast leave us a review rate us on itunes it'll really help others discover the podcast and help us help other CEOs, other business leaders become unstoppable. So if you go to unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes, you can find instructions there and links that will take you right to where you need to go to review the podcast. Thanks so much. Now back to the interview. Welcome back, everyone. This is Steve Gordon, and I'm talking with Scott Reeb. And uh, and Scott, you've you've sort of reinvented how how legal services are delivered. And, um, and I'm sure you've got a lot of insight into where small business owners kind of run into problems with their, you know, whether it's their legal documents or their contracts or em- employees or wherever, what are some of the, the things that you see come up again and again and again that people aren't paying attention to They may- maybe they should pay more attention to? I think, I think the biggest problem that I've seen, if I go back over the last 12 years, when I've been really intensely focused on small business, is that their, what I call enterprise structure, isn't correct. And I don't, I don't want to get real technical, but everyone should have some sort of a legal entity, right? Either a corporation or LLC. And most businesses should have multiple entities. And here's an example of why. I have a an access client that owned multiple uh, subway franchises. And if you have multiple subway franchises, then you have to have someone drives around and gets the money and takes it and deposits it. Um, and that person fell asleep at the wheel and 
uh, ended up in an accident and killed somebody. So now their corporation that owns all these franchises gets sued. So everything they have is now tied up in this one corporation in this one lawsuit. And they were underinsured and tied up in litigation for two and a half years. They couldn't use their franchises as collateral to re to maybe get a business loan. They couldn't do anything. They were completely tied down with just a few small changes to the way you're set up as a business owner. For instance, if you make sure you don't have all of your assets in the company that's actually doing the business, um, then you have some flexibility to, to be creative with financing or to start a new company uh, and use the assets that you have. But if everything's tied up in one, then you're just stuck. And that's what I see day in, day out is everyone has, and it's usually the LLC anymore, but they have this one entity that um, maybe owns, maybe you're in real estate and it has 10, you have 10 houses in it and you're also acting as the management company. I see that a lot. Well, it's, you're just asking for trouble because at some point you're going to have trouble with one of these tenants and it's going to affect all of your, uh, all of your business with just a little bit of planning and yeah, it costs a little bit of money to, you can make sure that you're, that one legal mistake or, or even just one legal problem doesn't uh, wreck your whole business. That's been probably the number one problem I've seen. And then the second problem I've seen is that people aren't using written contracts. Yeah, I can imagine that's a, a huge issue. Um, and uh, I'm guilty of that myself at times in the past. I mean, we, my first company, we, we did some fairly large uh, land development projects on a handshake, um, you know, six and seven figures. And, and thank goodness we were, we were all good people and it all worked out. But uh, yeah, there wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of paper to back it up. Yeah. And it's, I mean, writing contracts isn't fun. Uh, writing them that are friendly enough that people will sign them. That's even harder. Uh, but you have to do it. Um, one of the things actually that I want to make available to your listeners is uh, a white paper I have that's all about using your emails to form binding contracts. It's because you can really use an email screen to document uh, a deal in a way that's uh, pretty exhaustive if you just follow a few simple steps. Um, and then the next step after that would be hopefully take it to a lawyer and get it put into a real written document. But sometimes you just don't have time for that. And so that would be a free, free resource that we would uh, offer to, to your listeners. Uh, and all they'd have to, to do is go to reblog.com forward slash unstoppable CEO. And that's there for them to just download so they can not have this problem of not having a writing. What happens, Steve, is that you do business with people you know. Right, it's always you're doing business with people that you know, like, and trust, and so you do a handshake deal, and then suddenly that person that you had this relationship with isn't doing what you thought they're supposed to be doing. Either they're not performing the work, or they're not paying you for the work. But there's a disagreement, and if you go to them with a problem, one or the other of you is going to be calling the other person the L word, uh, a liar. If you have a written agreement. Uh, and one document is the best. But if you have a clear email screen with the points that I set out in this white paper, then you can go back to those 
document and go, now here's what I'm talking about. This is where we said this. And then it's just a misremembering problem, not someone's misrepresenting the truth. And so basically it just keeps your honest people honest and you can preserve those relationships. Yeah, you'll still sometimes get into a fight over the written contract, but usually if you're dealing with really good people, they'll, you can go back to that document and everyone will live up to the standards that are written. If not, you've just chosen the, the wrong business partners and that happens. Yeah, and it's always better to at least have some documentation so you can exit that, that yeah. relationship smartly and hopefully painlessly. Um, and so, yeah, I, I can imagine contracts are a huge issue. Um, so for, for folks who are listening to this, they, you know, you probably hit on a couple of things right away that they may be going, oh, gee, I, maybe I don't have all these things buttoned up. Um, what are some, some tips you can give them for working with an attorney for finding someone that fits them and, and for, for being aware of, of, um, you know, maybe the questions that they should ask before they hire one. Yeah. And that, that's a great, great question because one of the first things you should do as a business owner is make sure you have several key advisors, one of which is a lawyer. And because you want to have these people lined up before you have the crisis, right? It's very expensive to buy these kinds of services when you're in an emergency situation. So the first thing you want to do is find a, a legal professional that does not charge you by the hour. They, they either charge you on a flat fee per project basis, so at least they're having to, to be accountable to a price. Or even better would be where you prepay for a bundle of services like the access plan. The, the second thing, you want to make sure that they understand small business. A lot of lawyers... Uh, that have small firms that have come out of bigger firms and have been doing big, really big litigation with Fortune 500 companies with these huge budgets, and they don't really understand uh, how small business works. And they'll prepare documents for you that will hurt you. They'll prepare contracts that no one in their right mind would sign. And so they they have they need to make sure that the the attorney understands that you're trying to grow your business and while you want to be protected, you've got to make sure that the legal things that you're doing don't hurt you. Yeah. yeah. I'd imagine there's a balance there. I mean, we've all, we've all been presented with contracts where you look at them and you go, I couldn't possibly sign this. Right. And, um, you know, and I think maybe not everyone, but I certainly have been on the other end of that. Like you described, you know, great attorney, well-intentioned, um, but wrote the thing so that no one could ever touch us and nothing could be misinterpreted. In other words, it was written all in our favor. Great. That's, that's wonderful. But um, it's really hard to convince a, a potential client to sign that, you know? Yeah. And a lot of people don't read them and then you're okay. Uh, but if, if you have someone that goes through the contract carefully and it's written one in a one-sided way, They'll spot it, and then they won't trust you. Exactly. And I think that, that's a key piece of it. So, so not only are you looking for somebody who is competent in the law, but you're looking for somebody who has got some, some business intelligence as well. Right. And so uh, if, they're a small, if they're a small firm, uh, they've been in business uh, 
you know, for a few years, a solo firm would be great because then you've got someone that's actually having to make sure they can pay for the light bill every month, just like you are as a, as a small business owner. And so they'll be a little more understanding of, of your problems, but that's just really key that they are interested in small business. They're not just kind of a jack of all trades lawyer, but they're someone that understands what you're doing. And you want them to be asking questions about what kind of services you deliver. Um, if it's online, they, they want to see your platform. They want to know what your terms and conditions are. Do you have privacy, uh, privacy models on your, on your website? You want someone that kind of understands modern, modern business. They could be an older lawyer, but they need to be current and understand the way that business happens now because it, it doesn't happen on paper anymore. I mean, 90% of the contracts that we do are all through online signatures. Right. Yeah. So, so they've got to be technologically advanced. Like, you know, what we're, Steve, we're doing this interview over Zoom. Zoom's a great platform. There's many others. But, you know, I want a lawyer that knows how to use these kind of platforms so that if I want to do a web conference with them, I can do that. And so that would be another thing. You, you just want to make sure that they're using the same kind of technology that you're using in your business. Because if, you, if they aren't, they won't understand and they're not going to understand how you're doing business. So then they really can't help you. So that's, I would kind of be asking those kinds of things. Can they, you know, can you do web conferences? How much do you charge for web conferences? Uh, ask them which platforms they use. You know, do you have a Skype uh, ID? And if they don't have some of those things, I would wonder uh, if they really were able to support me as a small business owner because they're just not going to be, they're not on the cutting edge of what's going on. And so they're not going to keep up. Yeah, I think that those are great insights, and and uh, I'll be perfectly honest. I, I never would have thought to ask those questions, but um, but it, I think it's absolutely critical these days. I mean, I look at the way we're doing business today versus when I I came out of college, you know, and which was you know mid '90s before really anybody used the internet. In fact, we didn't even have email at, uh, for the first year I was out of college at the firm I worked for, and so to look at from there, I mean, we used to send letters, you know, like I don't recall the last time I sent a letter to anyone. Um, and so things are very, very different moves at a much faster pace. Um, and I actually think the, the faster pace makes the legal side of running the business more complicated because you don't have as much breathing room to, to think things through and, and sometimes to really document things. So these are, I think these are all great great points and really good advice. So if, if someone's curious about what you do and, and this new model that you have, um, how can they kind of learn more about your firm? You know, the best way for them to do that is to go to readlaw.com, R-E-I-B-L-A-W.com forward slash unstoppable CEO. And if they go to that page, the, that will take them to our website. They'll then have access to everything. At the bottom of that page are some special offers just for your listeners. Uh, one of them is the email uh, white paper we talked about. They can get my, they can download my five proven strategies ebook. Uh, we have access to my business law masterclass. But many people uh, haven't had the luxury of a formal education. I mean, never had a business law class, and so as you start dealing with these legal issues, you don't have any understanding, and then it's even hard to know what questions to ask a legal professional. And so with this business law masterclass, it kind of gets you up to speed so you kind of know what you don't know. 
And then, of course, there's uh, information on the access plans on that page. Well, that's, that's great and very generous of you. Thank you for, for making that available to all of our listeners. And, and uh, so, folks, um, you can go to reblaw.com slash unstoppable CEO. We'll be sure and link that up in the show notes. So um, if, if you're driving and you can't write that down, you can always find that on our website. Um, Scott, uh, this has been really educational. I think you're doing some groundbreaking things in terms of the business model that, that you've created. And, um, and, and I can see how it, it not only makes for a very sustainable business for you, but it also really serves your clients in, in a way that, that aligns with how they operate. Um, so they're not feeling as though every little thing they're nickel and dime for. So, um, so congratulations on, on, uh, making that change. It's sometimes it's tough to, to step out of the industry norm and, and take some courage to do that. And, uh, I commend you for that. Thanks, Steve. Well, thanks for being here and, uh, everyone who's, uh, listening. Thank you for eavesdropping on our conversation today. Um, and, and again, connect with, uh, Scott, reblaw.com slash unstoppable CEO. Thanks for listening to the Unstoppable CEO Podcast. Help others discover this show. Leave a review and rating on iTunes at unstoppableceo.net forward slash iTunes.